Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. It is time to grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what is happening in the stars above us for the weekend. But we're actually going to go into next week as well because there is so much going on uh, for the week ahead. Now, I'm hoping everybody can hear me because just before we started this morning, I had to change over. Uh, yep, this is not working right. Oh, my goodness. Uh, da, da. There we go. Now, I think everybody can hear me correctly. Uh, yeah, just before I went to start the show this morning, I got uh, kind of an interrupt signal from StreamYard. And I started to freeze and I went, I can't have this. So I decided to restart my computer. When I came back, it was time to start the show. And I was like, Whoa, all these things happening all at one time. And of course, this is sort of the beginning of what will be a, a very mm, a crazy sort of week beginning actually on Sunday. Uh, so take your breaths today, take your breaths tomorrow, have some fun tomorrow, have some fun today. Um, and then on Sunday, the energy begins to shift and it will continue shifting throughout the week, leading us up to the lunar or solar eclipse in Libra on Friday. So it is kind of an interesting week. And yes, thank you guys for telling me the sound is good. When we first started, my microphone from my headset was not the one that was working. It was on my camera. And of course, that makes it hard for me to hear correctly. And uh, yeah, it's all fixed now. Thank you, guys. <laughs> good morning, everybody who is joining me today. Julie, it is good to have you with us. And of course, I have my favorite twins here, TJ. Teddy and Terry. Uh, Natasha, good to have you with us. Leilani, hello to you. Um, it is great to have you guys with us on a day like today, Friday or Friday, uh, a day where the moon is in Cancer, a day where we have a lot to talk about in terms of uh, the energies coming up. So you may want to have both your human design charts and your astrology charts handy dandy with you so that you can follow along with the uh, stream of information coming up for you. Um, we're going to start this morning with where the moon is. The moon is in Cancer at the moment. And uh, for those of you who've been joining me for the Astrology Basics course, yesterday I had a totally... I had a brain fart, a brain lapse, where I couldn't remember this word. And the word that I was trying to remember was in relation to the archetype of Gemini. The word was trickster. Okay, so got that out of the way. Trickster energy. Um, yesterday in our course, we were talking about the archetypal energies of each one of the zodiac signs. And an archetype is really just a frame of reference for how a sign uh, presents itself, right? An archetype is kind of the role that uh, a planet or a sign plays. So today with the moon in Cancer, we are dealing with the archetype of the nurturer or the mother. So when we're talking about this energy uh, of Cancer, then we're talking about the different ways in which we care for one another, that we care for ourselves and so on and so forth. Now the moon is very happy, happy, happy in Cancer. It is a sign she rules 
which means there is a very strong affinity between the moon and the sign that she is in. So we have the archetype of the nurturer or the mother energy very powerfully with us uh, through today and into tomorrow. Tomorrow, the moon will shift out of Cancer and into Leo, but not until uh, 4, let's see, 4 p.m., something or another tomorrow afternoon, 4.24 p.m. West Coast time, so 7-something for all of you in the East Coast. And that means that we have, you know, the next day or so where we're really in this uh, moon energy. And the archetype energy of the nurturer or the mother is only one part of the picture because this is a sign that is also about the emotions, our inner self, right? Our needs, the things that make us feel good, feel like we belong and uh, kind of nurture our emotional bodies. So this the, the moon in Cancer really takes us into the level of intimacy with one another. And when I say intimacy, I'm not just talking about sexual intimacy, but intimacy when we are able to be vulnerable with one another and share from that deeply emotional place. And that is all a part of the moon in Cancer. And compassion. Compassion is a part of the nurturing and the empathy that comes along with the territory of this particular sign. In an astrology chart, there is also an affinity with the moon and cancer and the fourth house. And the fourth house is ruled by the moon. It is a house for home and family and traditions. So you see that those things are also going hand in hand with the moon in cancer. And then, of course, our moods, our emotions, um, and we may be feeling a little up and down uh, over the next several hours and actually the whole next day of the moon being in cancer. Now, something interesting happened this morning at 6.47 a.m. Pacific time. So just as I was drawing up the chart for the day, I realized that we are at the crisis of consciousness in the cycle of the moon. So if you'll remember, the moon cycle is very clear. We have four distinct cycles or parts of the cycle, and we can visually connect with that in the sky. There are other parts, there are actually eight parts of the cycle, but the four main parts is the new moon, the first quarter when it comes to a 90 degree um, uh, position from where it wasn't new, and then we have the full moon when it is the sun and moon in an opposition to one another. Then we have the last quarter moon, which is 90 degrees before the next new moon. So we have four distinct places that we can actually visualize. If you look up in the sky, uh, if you could see the moon right now, wherever you are, the moon is half full or half seen, half not seen, right? So it's uh, in the shadow, half of it, and the other half is visible. And at this point in the cycle, the last quarter moon, right, the last quarter happens after the full moon and before the next new moon, okay? So just to get you a little bit clearer about how everything is working there. And the last quarter moon, astrologically, we call it the crisis of consciousness. So you remember the full moon, or the, the new moon is the time of setting intentions, and of creating something new. There's a space for something new that begins to open up for us in our lives. And we can be intentional about it, right? We can set 
intentions, that's the word, right? To set an intention. What is my uh, next thing that I want to do or what do I want to create in my life? That's the intention. Then we come to the first quarter where we have a crisis of action. Now, what do I do? Right. Life might have presented you with a block or some kind of uh, bump along the way that you have to do something with. Right. You have to take action on. Then we get to the full moon where it's a time of revelation or epiphany. Uh, the bright light shines on something. We are able then to release or let go of something that isn't working or is in our way. And then we get to this last quarter moon. Now, remember, the whole thing started with the new moon and our intention to create something new in our lives. So when we get to the last quarter, um, it is an invitation, if you will, by the universal forces um, to kind of decide what it is we want to transition into. Do we really want to align ourselves with what we thought we wanted with our new moon intention? Um, it's a time of reflection. It can still be a time of release. Whatever it is, something in the consciousness wakes up and says, wait a minute, you're on the wrong track. Maybe you set an intention for something that you thought you wanted. Um, but when you really examine that, it was something that you thought you should want, and not necessarily something you really wanted. And this is a time then to course correct for that. Um, it's a time of crisis in our in our cycle of the moon. <clears throat> it's usually a more quiet crisis, perhaps than the one that would happen at the first quarter. It's quiet because it's going on internally. It is a point where we have to consider all of the choices that we've made in the cycle, and it gives us an opportunity to reset, right? To reset our intention, to reset our goals or our ambitions, and to move forward with a new mindset, right? It's why, where we might realize that our minds have focused in one direction, but it's not the direction that is going to help us get to where we want to go. So it's an opportunity for us to change our state of mind, crisis of consciousness, right? What have I been focused on? What have I been thinking about? Does what I've been thinking about and what I'm focused on help me to get to where I wanted to go? And if not, now's your time to change, right? Now's your time to transform that energy into something that is more uh, in alignment with yourself. It could also be called a moment of awakening, right? So this this point that we're at right this minute is a point of awakening and or an aha moment even. It can come in the form of that kind of aha moment. Um, we may be at a point in time where we realize that what we may have been doing to get to where we wanted to go isn't working. And if it isn't working, what do we do, right? There, it brings up uncertainty. It brings up a possibility for growth, but maybe in a whole new direction, right? A growth of consciousness. So it uh, is a triggering time for us. It is a time where things that we've been ignoring or resisting may come up to the surface for us to have to deal with. Uh, it may be a very bright light on what it is that we need to change or transform. That can be a part of consciousness in terms of a thought, um, a belief, 
a philosophy that you've been holding on to that no longer applies. So here we are, right? This is today. This is happening in cancer, which means that we can be very self-nurturing in this whole process. And we should be self-nurturing in this process, not blaming ourselves or judging ourselves for what we might discover in our consciousness, but actually inspiring us to make a positive change, right? To take that next step, to align ourselves, to align yourself with your true purpose and to embrace your authentic self. All right. So a big a big deal, right? And this happens on a regular basis. Once a month, you go through this gateway, this portal time of being able to have some form of crisis of consciousness. Now, that doesn't always happen in the sign of cancer, right? Keep that in mind. It is happening in the sign um, that is uh, 90 degrees away from where the full moon sign was, okay? So keep it's not always going to be in cancer. It's going to be in other signs. Now to translate that into how does this benefit you, right? Or how does this, what, how does this matter to me? You would need your own astrology chart, right? If you do not have a copy of your astrology chart, go to my website, www.living-astrology.com and request your own astrology chart. This way you can follow along with me in the morning and find and discover how this impacts you. So for example, this morning, what I want you all to do, if you have your charts handy, is to find cancer in your chart. I've now highlighted it on this chart so I can show it to you. This is what the sign of cancer looks like. And you can see the moon, the symbol right there inside of that um, pie-shaped piece is the symbol for the moon. The symbol on the outer wheel that I highlighted in orange is the symbol for cancer. If you find that in your own chart, then the house or the area of your life that this is occurring in will be this wedge. And you'll see the number right here in the middle that tells you the house number. When you get your own astrology chart, it comes with the information about the houses, right? So you know, this if this were a person today that we're looking at, this moon in Cancer, this opportunity to re-examine the, the consciousness that you've brought will be happening in the ninth house. The ninth house is a house of growth and expansion, of dealing with things and people and cultures that are new and different. Um, it is a it is a house of the higher consciousness, seeing things from your divine self, not just from your human self. All right. I hope all that makes sense. So if you find that in your own chart, for example, and let's say like in my own chart, it would be in the first house. It could be a reexamination of who I am. The first house is the I am. In your second house, you may be experiencing something to do with money and the consciousness that comes with earning power or with managing and allocating resources, including self-worth and value and so forth. All right. So if you have any questions about that, then go ahead and put that in the chat and I will be able to help you answer that. Now, tomorrow, we also have another kind of unique thing happening where the moon goes into the void. Now, the moon, I say unique, but literally this happens every few days. When the moon moves into the void, it is a time when she is not making any new connections with another planet or not changing signs yet, right? So she's kind of sitting in a, uh, in a void. We call it the void, of course. 
and um, of course, C-O-U-R-S-E. Of her course of the transit around uh, the Earth, she is in a spot where there is no new connections going on, so we call it a void in her course around the Earth. Now, we can also think of this as a time when the moon is just sort of wandering, right? There's no new push to do anything. There's no push to be anything, to feel anything more. Uh, sometimes when a when the moon goes into the void, the last aspect that she's made with a planet sticks with us. And if that's a powerful last connection, then we're left with maybe several minutes to several hours of that energy. And it just gets stuck with us. So if you've ever experienced going through your day and suddenly something happens and then that sticks with you for hours or even you know, several minutes, I've seen void of courses almost a day long, then that might have been the void of course moon where you're holding in this space, in this energy until she makes her next step forward. Now, that means tomorrow from 12, 11 p.m. Pacific time until 4.24 p.m. So literally about a four hour void the energy is kind of stuck in place. So it's a time where you can't really push forward and do anything new. It's a time where you can't really say, oh yeah, I want to start this new project because it might go nowhere, right? It's just in a holding space. But then she transitions over into Leo and the whole energy changes. It shifts into much more fun and playful energy, into uh, a sign that loves fun and games, who loves the celebration, who loves to play, and is very self-expressive. So the rest of the weekend, so from late Saturday until all through all of Sunday and even into Monday, all of Monday, uh, and then very early morning Tuesday, the sun or excuse me, the moon will be in Leo, prompting us to have some fun, to be playful, to be expressing our passion, our own personal uh, passion, what we love to do, who we want to be, and sharing that with others. So the energy changes. And this is also the sign of love and romance, of creativity, of finding joy and the expression of love and life. So the week ahead starts in a very fun place where we can be more lighthearted and where we can be more creative, right? I love that. I love that our week, especially since it's going to be a bit of a crazy little week, that we start with this energy on the internal, the moon, the internal us about wanting to play a little bit more, right? To have a little bit more fun. I mean, raise your hand if life has been way too serious especially over the last several months. And now it's time to be a little more lighthearted. Now that doesn't mean that we're not gonna have dramas and traumas and stuff that's happening in your life personally or in the world. But it does mean that right now we can maybe look at things maybe a little bit lighter <laughs> from the more jokester uh, point of view, right? Oh, just kind of being, having a, a more fun, time of it all. And this is going to be a really good time then to celebrate. That's another word that goes along with Leo energy. Celebrate, have fun, and play. Now, all the while, though, we are preparing for these very big changes that are occurring astrologically from Sunday all the way through next Friday. 
and even a little bit beyond because on Friday or Saturday next week, we have the, the solar eclipse and that eclipses don't just happen, you know, one day and then they're done. They have a tendency to come on uh, over maybe the, the two weeks before, then maybe even the two weeks after that eclipse, but then they repeat uh, until we start the next series of eclipses, which won't be until uh, we get into late March and April, April 8th, if you want to circle that date, that's the that's how long it is that the impact of these upcoming October eclipses will hold for us. That's six months, right? So the things that, so be, you know, aware what's going on in your life this week, what's changing in your life this week? What are you being prepared for or preparing to, to do that will hold impact for you for these next six months? Because that's how important eclipses are. So the end of the week is the eclipse, but we start on Sunday with the energy of the moon, uh, moon, with the energy of um, the planet Venus making a change out of the sign of Leo where she has been since June 25th and moving into the sign of Virgo. But before we get to that, let's take a look real quickly at where we are in our human design so that if you have your human design chart, you can follow along with me here. Right now, the sun is sitting at the gate 48. Remember back, oh, I don't know, was it Monday, last Friday, we talked about the splenic energies in your human design. The spleen is the center for time, intuition, health, and survival or maybe we can more appropriately call it thriving. It is where our success as a species, our success as an individual arises from. And it, it arises out of sometimes fear, right? The fight, the flight, the freeze are all things that we have adapted to uh, help us prepare to survive uh, the winter or to survive an attack or to survive um, in the elements, right? So now though, in our lives, in our modern human lives, there aren't those kinds of pressures to survive, right? They have turned into what we tend to call false evidence appearing real. Now, that doesn't mean they're not real. Uh, they feel real. If you're afraid because you can't pay your bills this month, that's a real fear that you're experiencing, but it's false in that it doesn't really pertain to your survival right? It isn't an impulse to survive in the, as a species. It has more to do with your person, uh, your uh, connection to society, your connection to your commitments and agreements. So when we get to this time of year, we have the sun transiting through all of the different uh, gates on the spleen that can trigger internal fears for us and the false evidence appearing real kinds of fears. So let's look at the, the sun at the gate 48 then. In your human design, the um, the gate 48 sits, so, so the spleen is uh, the center that's kind of a triangle at the lower left uh, side of the chart, and the 48 is at the very top of that triangle, and it moves upward toward the throat center of the chart. And the gate 48 is sometimes called the gate of the depth of the well or the well. Uh, in the I Ching, it is the well, which is sort of the depth of who we are internally. 
It is our deep well of wisdom, our deep well of talent, um, the deep well that we can access at any time when we are aligned with our true self. If you're not aligned with your true self and you're trying to be something you are not, then you end up with the squabble between the surviving energy, survival energy, and thriving energy. So this gate 48 indicates a potential for us to transform and innovate toward our own authentic selves. And by doing that, what we transmute or what we're transforming is inadequacy because the fear at the gate 48 that the sun is shining bright for us right now is this fear that we don't know enough. We don't uh, haven't learned enough. We don't have enough certifications. Uh, we haven't a, a, a college degree. Uh, we don't have fill in the blank, right? And then it stops us from being who we really want to be if we allow it, right? It's not going to automatically stop you. It can only stop you if you tap into the fear and you allow the fear to rule what your next actions are going to be. So in human design, we always say with about the spleen, feel the fear, but do it anyway. So if you're feeling inadequate to share something with someone, feel that inadequacy, but do it anyway, right? Especially if it helps you align with your authentic self. So there can be challenges, certainly in this gate, in this time of the sun being at this gate, where we feel self-doubt, where we may feel insecure where we may feel not perfect, not perfect to do what we want to do, not perfect to say what it is we want to say or to go where we want to go, all of those things that make you feel not good enough to put out your offer, okay? You have to feel that because it's kind of telling you something, right? That your, your thoughts maybe aren't aligned with your truth, or maybe it's telling you that you are trying to do something in a way that's right for someone else, but not right for you, okay? Feel the fear and do it anyway. We may also struggle during the time the sun is here to really listen to our intuition um, and to express our uh, unique selves. Um, so we have to overcome anything, any stumbling blocks to really living in our authenticity. And that's because every one of you, no matter who you are or what you do, have genius, right? This goes to a whole nother story in our human design where every human, every person alive has a genius. Now, I don't mean intellectual genius, like, you know what, you may not have gotten good grades in school. You may not be a math whiz because that isn't where your genius lies, right? Every one of you has genius and it lies somewhere. Tap into that genius. That is the key here. Tap into what is your strengths and don't tap into your weaknesses. Understand you have weak areas, your strengths is where it is that you are meant to go. Now, gate 48 in, in human design is also a gate that does well when collaborating with others. So having others on your team that help you, go for it. Now, when the sun is in the gate 48, the earth is in the gate 21. They are programming partners, if you will. They're not on the spleen. The, the gate 21 is not on the spleen. It sits on the heart center or the ego center. And it is a gate called control. 
Now, in the sun and earth relationship in human design, the earth is always going to be the place where we have the challenge coming up, right? It comes up because the earth is where we have our feet on the ground, where we're actually going to take the action steps to get to where we want to go or to do what we want to do or to be who we want to be. So the earth raises the challenge for us to rise to the occasion of the sun. The sun is all about sending out our authentic self. So the earth at the gate 21 then is a challenge about control and our need to control ourselves, our environment, others in our lives. Um, it is a gate that really shows true, brilliant, even leadership qualities. Um, the people that have this gate naturally are sort of these uh, organized, uh, resourceful leaders, right? That's their kind of, that's a skill that they have. Now, every one of us has the earth sitting here. And so we have to tap into our own skill set when it comes to managing resources, when it comes to being confident, being a leader in your own right, in your own way, and letting go of the need to control everything, right? Control. This is more about uh, self-alignment, right? Realigning with what your authentic self is. And it is a place where you have to let go of being too rigid or being stubborn or being stuck, domineering, right? Where you're trying to overpower others by uh, control. And it is a place for you to call up your own authority, but also to allow others to live in their authority and to learn also about being flexible uh, and um, applying your own individuality to the greater world. In other words, this is uh, a challenge for us to live out our genius, our brilliance. Okay, so that's the energy for this week that will transition out on the 9th on Monday. So when it comes to Monday's show, we'll take a look at the next base of fear, which will be about the fear of our uh, future, right? Intuition. And I don't have intuition or I'm afraid of what I'm seeing for the future. So we'll take a look at that on Monday during the broadcast. All right. Jupiter is also making a change next week, which I forgot to add to my whole uh, week's worth of changes coming up. Um, but we can talk about that more on Monday as well. Uh, okay, now let's look at transiting Venus, finally changing signs. I say finally, but is that really as exciting as it sounds? I don't know, because Venus in Virgo is in her fall. This is not a place where she is a happy camper as much as tolerating what she is going through in the sign of Virgo. But it is a time for us to enjoy. Remember, Venus rules things like love and romance, but also uh, our self-worth, our value. It is also the ruler of money, right? Money and resources, banking, things like that, the economy, right? So Virgo energy uh, is very practical and refined, organized. Uh, it is a sign when Venus moves into it, we may be having to look at how it is we're organized in our finances. Uh, and it's so funny because I didn't even realize this, but I tend to experience things ahead of everybody else. Uh, maybe because I do what I do, it's like I, I'm already tapped in. 
So I, I tend to already uh, evaluate what that planet is going to be doing in my life based on what I'm already feeling. And what I've already been feeling is this need to run down all of the places that money is going out in my life. You know, sometimes things are just leaking. Sometimes you're hemorrhaging money, right? Or you're hemorrhaging your value, right? Where are you not really tapped into your true worth and value? And it has this feeling then of, of, of like a leak in your energy field. So I've already been feeling this idea of plugging up the leaks or at least running them down and seeing, well, where it is that, um, you know, subscriptions to things, right? Money, things that aren't practical anymore or that I have just let go because it's been going on for so long. So it does give us this time to really improve our lives in some way, right? In as it relates to Venus themes, worthiness, value, money, uh, relationships, that type of thing. Um, it is also Virgo time, right? Venus and Virgo also rules our health, the health of our physical body, our appearance, um, and the way that we um, help nurture ourselves physically in terms of the food that we eat, um, and the exercise that we get, right? There's a lot of um, uh, paying attention to the environmental toxins. Um, and it's not just toxins like dust or allergens and things like that. It can also be toxic emotional energy that is in our relationships or in the um, workplace, that type of thing. So it gives us an opportunity while Venus is in Virgo to become more discerning about everything to do with Venus ruled objects or concerns and also Virgo concerns. So we need to be careful though, that we don't become too critical, hypercritical or hyper analytical. This is not a time to analyze things to death. That is not the truth of the time, but to really be eyes wide open about it, take a practical look at what is going on. It can also be a time of service, Venus in Virgo, uh, Virgo being a sign of service. And we can be inspired to express love and appreciation and gratitude um, through thoughtful acts that we do for others, right? So for the next three and a half, four weeks, while Venus is picking up speed in Virgo, um, it is an opportunity for us to look at all of those different things. Um, quickly, I'm going to look back at the comments. I already said good morning to everybody here, I believe, except for Asa. Good morning to you. Pam Zaruba, I'm not sure if I said hello, but hello. Uh, Tom, good to see you out there. Leslie, good morning. She said, yay, I made it live from Colorado this morning. She is a 3-5 emotional manifesting generator. Well, that adds up to a lot of shifts, <laughs> trial and error, experimentalness, experiments experiences, traumas and traumas in your life and the emotional uh, way that those things impact you. Uh, then we also have Corey. Good morning, Corey. We haven't seen you in a while. It's good to have you with us. Christine, good morning to you. Good morning, Patty Hickox. Great to see you out there this morning. Susan Huwata, she says hi from Tasmania. Hello, Susan, and welcome. And Tasmania, that is a long way away from the west coast of the USA. And Tom says, Venus has fallen. Can she get up? You know, Tom, yesterday we talked about you. Were your ears burning? 
during our astrology basics class, I was talking about Gemini energy, the uh, archetype being the messenger, but I really felt like it was also the archetype of the trickster, only I couldn't come up with that word. And I used you and me both as Geminis as a way to um, uh, articulate how you, you're always playful and funny and jokester, and I'm the one that's sitting here uh, in the morning with more serious information to bring to people. I thought it was the perfect um, twins, twin energy of uh, Gemini. Peggy Doyle, good morning to you, and it's so good to see you with us this morning. And J-Lo, hello J-Lo. And uh, Terry raised his hand, so he was raising his hand to my uh, comment about the traumas and the dramas and the craziness. And the next crazy is Pluto. On Wednesday, Pluto will change from retrograde motion where he has been since, uh, I want to say it was May 1st. Yeah, from May 1st, Pluto turned retrograde. Remember, let's let's just review for a moment what Pluto's uh, been dragging us through so far this year. In March, Pluto made an historic move into Aquarius for the first time in uh, 248 years or so. Uh, so no one on the planet was alive the last time that Pluto made the transition into Aquarius. And he did so at like a little toe dip. He was there from uh, about, uh, Mar I think it was March 7th or 23rd until July, early July. And then he, in retrograde, he was moving backwards back into Capricorn, where he has been sitting since. So right now he's sitting at 27 degrees, 53 minutes of Capricorn, and he will retrograde or his retrograde will end there. And he will begin to move forward again, up through the 28th and 29th degrees of Capricorn, and then into Aquarius finally. Now, this, of course, doesn't happen that day or even the day after. This is months from now. We will start to experience a change in the direction, or not change in direction, but the change in the energetic signature of Pluto, the transformation and power planet, right? So he takes us on a very deep, sometimes dark night of the soul kind of energy, and for the purposes of transformation, right? He'll expose the underside of things. He'll expose the rot, the uh, where things have, you know, disintegrated or are disintegrating, so that uh, we will take care to create a stronger foundation, perhaps, or fix the problem. And his his transit energy always comes up first with the shadow. Right. It'll be the shadow of something that we first experience. Now, for those of you that are listening this morning, you've heard me talk about the USA Pluto return. Right. We are done with the exact of that return. But the ramifications of what it was that was exposed to us, the rot, the uh, untenable, uh, the shadows that were exposed during the last year and a half, two years, are all of the things that are still up in our faces that we have to work through, right? Somebody asked me a question this morning about the, pol the political atmosphere. And, you know, I think that uh, it will be a very good show to do and talk more about that and the direction that the USA may be headed in. Uh, but just for a quick thing here, um, the, the rot 
and, and it's not just the USA, by the way, it's just the USA that I'm talking about because of the Pluto return, that we have to find a more positive way to work together, right? To be together. Um, we tend to have right now this like very polarized um, uh, group of, of legislators that can't seem to work together to do anything. They've forgotten what bipartisanship means. And instead they're using their own party or their own belief system as this badge that somehow separates them from the whole. And they try to, you know, get people to come to their side or they dig in their heels and they do things just designed to call attention to themselves. And this is rot. <laughs> this is ugly. This is shadow energy. And that's just one way in which it's showing up. It showed up when COVID became a deal and we weren't, our whole systems of the healthcare system and everything else was exposed for its shadows. Uh, where it's not um, empowered, it is an invitation to transform, right? Now, Pluto is very far out there, so it tends to be much more of a collective energy, but you are part of the collective, so Pluto changing directions next week can also impact you. Now, honestly, I think during this retrograde period of time, we have maybe experienced or seen the need for some changes, some deep changes in our own lives, personal lives, our professional lives. And we've been challenged to grow through those changes, right? So for some of you, that could have been job changes. For some of you, that could have been actually relocating, you know, moving and having to let go of the past uh, of, of what was rotted, if I can use that, in order to open up to something new, something more in alignment. So if, you know, things have changed in your life, Pluto retrograde had been causing that from the inside, right? So from the inside, something wasn't right. Something wasn't working. Some place where you were not empowered. And now, Pluto retrograde might have revealed some hidden truth to you or a secret, a fear, right? A fear maybe that you didn't realize that you were always responding to in your life. Um, and it was creating an opportunity for you to transform, to release, to let go, to move forward, right? Now, on October 10th, Pluto stations direct in Capricorn. That means now from, now he's not really changing directions but from our perspective on earth he looks like he will be moving ahead of us and it marks the end of the uh, retrograde period of the intensity of the retrograde period it can bring some relief to us from the inner changes and regrets and transformation that's been happening the inner places of questioning the fears and things that have been coming up for us and instead gives us the opportunity to deal with those situations in our life, perhaps with more clarity than we've been able to over the previous months, right? So um, the last five months, whatever you've been struggling with on the internal, then begins to have a process of becoming an externalized power change or transformation change. Now, some people are going to think this is an awesome thing. Right. Some people are going to go, oh, if only I had done this five months ago. 
But others of you are going to resist. You're going to kick in your heels. You're going to wax nostalgic and, and you're going to long for the good old days or you're going to long for the time when the world wasn't this fast or when technology wasn't like this. I want my old flip phone. I don't want this smartphone, that kind of thing. The, the key here for all of us is to resist going backwards, longing, and to move forward fearlessly. We feel more empowered at, that, at this point when Pluto changes direction. We feel more confident. And we can even become more determined to achieve your, your goals and your ambitions, your drive. What is it that dream is that I wanted to, to do? And it helps us to manifest the changes we've initiated or the ones that we've desired during the time that Pluto was retrograde. And we may see some actual results, some tangible changes uh, or tangible results from the changes that we have worked very hard for, or God help me for persevering through all of the times that I wanted to jump out of this business, right? Where I wanted to just do something more real and tangible rather than uh, astrology, which is, you know, staring at the sky. <laughs> right? Persevering. <laughs> so we've all been persevering through different things. It doesn't have to be about your business. It doesn't have to be about anything in particular. It could be lots of different things in your life. And now is the time for the result, the result or the reward for having stuck in there during that time, right? Going through these things. And wherever Capricorn is in your chart is where this is taking place. And if you have any planets there, they had been weakened perhaps during the period of time Pluto was retrograde, and now they will be much more empowered uh, or more strong uh, in the face of this Plutoan energy. So hmm, lots of fun stuff. So look for Capricorn. Capricorn is the sign opposite of Cancer. So remember I highlighted Cancer and I showed you where that was in the chart opposite it exactly opposite is where capricorn is i.e that is where pluto is and where pluto will change direction now all of that is in preparation for pluto's eventual move in the early part of 2024 back into aquarius the sign of the future right the sign of humanity and the sign of empowering the individuals uh, in a group setting We'll talk more about that as time goes on. We already had a little toe tip into that, right? We we dug, Pluto dipped his toe to zero degrees of Aquarius. So we, if you can remember back to that March to June time, what was new in your life? What was being um, kind of uh, shown to you as a possible pathway forward? You might have to think about this. I believe at the time I said, you know, maybe we should be journaling right? What it is that is showing up. Because when a planet like Pluto changes signs, it is momentous, right? It only happens every 10 to 20 years, 15 to 20 years, really. So the last time Pluto changed signs was back in 2008 when he moved uh, into Capricorn. So this is momentous times, right? So be journaling maybe what it is that is happening. What are your thoughts? What are the opportunities that are showing up? What is appearing to be closing down in your life? That will give you big clues about what is your future, right? What is the right path for you to take into your future? 
All right, now that isn't the only thing, of course, for the week ahead. We also have Mars on the uh, 11th, I believe it is. Yep, moving, which is Wednesday, moving into Scorpio, a sign he rules or he co-rules with Pluto. Now, can I, I really cannot make this stuff up where we have uh, the planet that is a, a co-ruler of a sign changing direction the day before the co-ruler moves into the sign it rules. So you can see this is a very powerful week. It almost feels like the, um, the crux of something, right? That we're on the cusp of something changing, something very powerful moving through, um, the collective and it can be precipitated by the death of something death in quotes um so that we can move forward with more power with more clarity and so don't be surprised if things change in that outer world uh in a way that doesn't feel very good right um so just be open stay close to what it is that you're being empowered to do and you know notice around you what's happening but don't tap into it right stay true to you now when mars enters scorpio it's a time of intense passion determination transformation mars is a planet of action and of courage and willpower right he is the masculine principle of assertion or aggression and while Scorpio is the sign of depth and mystery, death even, and power, the whole transformational energy, you can see that Mars in Scorpio then adds to the uh, feeling of change. It changes in the air or transformation. Now, when Mars enters Scorpio, personally, we become more motivated to pursue our deepest desires. Right. So everything right now is sort of lining up to push us into the territory of really following our truths. Um, but we have to do that by confronting our fears, uh, confronting our dark places. Right. Um, overcoming the challenges that we have experienced that should now be very clear in your face since, you know, the last several months of Pluto being in retrograde. And now with Mars moving into Scorpio, maybe giving us the more courage and bravery that we need to move forward fearlessly. Um, during this place, uh, during this time when Mars is in Scorpio, we're really more willing to even look in the dark places, right? To look into that shadow area. And isn't it profound then that the sun is also moving through all of the gates of fear on your human design or on your spleen in your human design that allows us to have these things that bubble up to the surface so that we can transmute them, we can transform them, right? Uh, we're also more loyal and more committed when Mars is moving to uh, through the sign of Scorpio. Scorpio energy is intense. It is passionate. It is deep water, deep energy. And it can also bring up the more negative aspects of the sign, which is jealousy and possessiveness, vengefulness. You know, there's nothing like the scorpion sting right? It comes at you from behind. You don't see it coming. There's passive aggression here. There's the potential for feeling threatened, for feeling betrayed. And all of those things are deeply emotional things that we have to work through 
because Mars and Scorpio is going to bring them up to the surface, right? It's going to bring it up. And uh, when we were yesterday in our archetypes of the uh, sign of Scorpio, it was the alchemist, right? Scorpio's archetypal energy is the alchemist. And what does an alchemist do? It changes lead into gold, or at least that was the uh, the the thing that people were after or scientists of the time, alchemists of the time were trying to do. So turning your darkness into the light, right? Turning your uh, inner warrior outside of you to take the next steps, um, being your own inner detective and turning that energy into changing what needs to be changed in your life. So Mars and Scorpio for the next four or five weeks really gives us this opportunity to go deep, to face the darkness with courage and to overcome the challenges, to actually embrace the challenge, right? Embrace the challenge to change. All right. And finally, we have the uh, solar eclipse in Libra on Saturday, October 14th. And uh, for those of you who are listening, say south of the equator, that is actually on the 15th um, at two something in the morning. Uh, we figured this out on Wednesday when <laughs> I was live on Angel Heart Radio, which is broadcast out of Australia. And uh, so it, it's covering the two dates, uh, 14th and 15th. But as we see with eclipses, it doesn't matter the day or the hour, except for how we can visualize it, um, because that energy is activated for a very long period of time, right? Now, this is a solar eclipse. It happens at a new moon. And Libra is the sign of partnership, of negotiation, of the diplomat energy or the, diplo the diplomacy energy. It is a solar eclipse then that can illuminate where we need to work on these qualities within ourselves. So where we need to work on relationships, where we need to work on our uh, concept of justice, where diplomacy and tact and balancing and harmonizing and peace, these are the places that we are going to find that we can work on with this particular eclipse. Now, it is a solar eclipse, which means there's this time for setting intentions of moving forward in a new direction. So the new beginning is really being symbolized here. And it gives us a chance to reset. This is the second time we've been able to use this word this morning, resetting our intentions for what direction do we want to move in? What is, what is it that is our strength that we really truly want to focus on? How do we bring more cooperation, collaboration, uh, and co-creation into our lives, especially our personal lives and our professional lives, right? This is where we show up. And um, also, how do we bring that into the world at large? We are never going to find it in the world at large if we can't bring it into play in our own selves. So there is a place within you that is mirroring the craziness of our outer world at times. So we can only, I can't make Congress in the U.S. anyway, behave themselves and do things with decorum and do things in a proper way. I cannot make them do that. But I can explore in myself during this window, especially where I'm out of balance that way. Libra, where are things out of balance? Where do you need to bring more harmony? Where 
are the places in yourself that you are not at peace and seek to make those things peaceful. That does have an impact on the outer world. And it seems like, no, there's no way that me just changing myself has any impact on Congress in the United States. But just imagine if every one of us who were during this period of time working on balancing and finding peace within ourselves, and we've, we've worked on this, it would become mirrored to us in the outer world, right? That's just the way this place works, right? It gets mirrored back to us. Um, so we're being challenged to examine our values, our preferences, where it is that we compromise incorrectly, where we give away ourselves, where we might have codependency issues going on in our lives, and instead to change that back to fairness, to balance, to harmony, to creativity, to love. Venus is the planet that rules Libra, and even though she'll be in Virgo at that time, it will be up to us to make the changes inside that we want to see outside in the world. All right. And again, like I said, that particular eclipse is in play all the way until April when we have the next big eclipse on April 8th, I believe it is. So six months worth of opportunities for us to deal with these things, these issues as they come up. All right. Uh, yes, I am ready to pull a card. Does anybody have a, I think we need a dragon. Ooh, that just came up to me. We need a dragon. And dragon energy is um, a representation of the nodes. And of course, the eclipses are because of the nodes of the moon. They don't, we wouldn't have them uh, if it wasn't for the fact the moon and the sun can both be eclipsed uh, on the planet Earth. You know, other planets don't have eclipses the same way we do. And hold on, I got to find my dragons. Here they are. So we're going to pull a dragon for us for the week. Dragon energy is creative energy. It's power energy. And of course, what a better way for us to um, make this week positive. Pam, North Node, South Node, me to we, and Eclipse to look at me to work with we. <laughs> I like that. Uh, this is a South Node Eclipse, by the way. So there can be the feeling of emptying out, right, during this time period as well as we should be emptying out the things that no longer resonate with ourselves that don't resonate with peace. So the dragon that I pulled is the black dragon from Saturn brings you wisdom through spiritual discipline. And beneath that, it says, concentrate, focus on your ultimate vision. Congratulate yourself. You have passed a test. Look at that. He is a beautiful dragon or she um, black dragon from Saturn. So let's see what that means. I don't think we've pulled this one um, before. Maybe we have. I know I've pulled it for myself before. Uh, so black dragon from Saturn. Oh, that's separate uh, from black dragon itself. Black dragon from Saturn is a fifth dimensional dragon. Interesting, page 74. So let's go here and see what this says for us. Okay, so about fifth dimensional black dragons work directly with the masters, uh, the masters of Kishi, the ascended aspect of Saturn. They help us to organize and, and apply ourselves to tasks, however small or large they may be. Black indicates a feminine energy of rest, peace, and calm, 
which enables the wisdom to come forward. It could not do so if there was too much masculine thrust energy. These dragons work with Archangel Gabriel, who radiates pure white light. He is in he is in overall charge of the base center where we hold fifth dimensional spiritual discipline. This is what enables all of the fifth dimensional chakras to anchor. That's interesting. Archangel Gabriel's energy balances that of the black dragons of Saturn. These dragons also carry the pure violet flame of transmutation, which is held in Saturn and use it to dissolve thoughts that are not focused on the ultimate vision. Here's our guidance. A black dragon from Saturn has appeared to you now as it is time for you to address tasks with discipline and focus. Spiritual discipline is vital to the ground the higher energies on your pathway. The black dragon will give you focus, concentration, determination, awareness, and the ability to plan and stick to a routine where necessary. Y'all, this sounds so much like Venus in Virgo and Pluto in Capricorn. Perfect. Receiving this card is a true blessing as it indicates that your feet are firmly planted on your ascension path and you do everything for the highest good of all. This dragon also brings you congratulations from the angelic world as you have passed a test you have been undergoing. It is time to celebrate your success and step forward with discipline as well as with joy and bliss. And that, my friends, sounds a lot like the moon moving into Leo tomorrow afternoon. <laughs> All right, black dragon from Saturn, congratulate yourself for doing the work, for persevering, for being determined to keep going despite the craziness in your life. And thank you all for joining me this morning. I will see you on Monday morning. Take care, everybody. Bye for now. Do you wish you could better understand yourself and what is going on in the world? Well, grab your cup of coffee or tea and join the podcast Living Astrology with Janet Hickox for Astrology, Human Design, and Gene Keys Wisdom. Mondays and Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Podcasts are available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and your other favorite outlets.